Hello and welcome to Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast, brought to you by KaplanNursing.com, which offers preparation courses for the NCLEX RN and the NCLEX PN examinations. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about a subject that I personally feel can relate to just about anybody who's listening who's in school, but we'll cater, of course, specifically to anyone who's currently in nursing school, and that is exactly how do you study for all of those tests you have to take in nursing school, and then when it comes time to take the NCLEX, how do you study for that test, and what's different about it? And fortunately, we have on the line a very gifted and expert uh, speaker who's also a Kaplan instructor with us. Her name is Donna Belgard, and Donna has over 40 years of experience in the nursing field, which is incredibly impressive. She's been an educator, she's a director of a, or has been a director of a nursing program and has been with Kaplan as an NCLEX instructor for over seven years now. So a really, really great presenter to have with us and I'm excited to have her on the call and wanna turn it over to Donna. So welcome Donna to our PrepCast, glad to have you here. Good. Yeah, of course. And I know I gave a very brief introduction, but I know the listeners at home would love to learn a little bit more about you. So tell the folks at home a little bit about Donna Belgard. Okay, I will. Uh, I, Matt told you about my education experience being a uh, director of a nursing program for about 10 years and now teaching for Kaplan for seven. But of course, before that, um, before I got my master's degree, I was a staff nurse school-age adolescent med surge nurse in a big metropolitan hospital in New York City. So I do have a lot of experience at the bedside. And when I decided to change my, what I wanted to do with nursing, that is when I went into teaching and that has been a wonderful experience for me. So I'm a good person to be talking about studying for your nursing school exams as well as the NCLEX exam. Well, I completely agree, and I suppose we might as well kick things off here, and the first question I really have to kick us off is, is there a difference when it comes to studying for a nursing school exam versus how you might study for the NCLEX? Do we need to approach studying for these tests differently? Well, yes, we do, Matt. When I'm teaching the NCLEX review course, I'm always asked the question, excuse me, why couldn't we have this class during our nursing program? It would have helped us so much. There's a very good reason. I always give the same answer. Because during nursing school, your exams are developed by your instructors to test a specific body of content. Your instructors have to teach you so much content that that uh, that is what they concentrate on. So these exams that you take in school require recall and recognition of ideas or material, the huge amounts of material that are taught in class and read in your textbooks. So your nursing instructors have to teach you an incredible amount, and you're taught by units. For example, you're taught OB, you get your OB test. You're taught PEDS, you get your PEDS test. Your instructors often let you know what will be on the exam. They don't tell you exactly. Sometimes they give you a study guide. And also get used, used to knowing how your instructor tests your knowledge. Okay, so that's what you do for nursing school. I'm going to talk more about what you do for studying for the NCLEX in a little while. But that's why we don't teach the NCLEX review class for your nursing school exams. 
Yeah, and I think one of the things that you bring up is there's a lot of content to know. And in the world of NCLEX, we would call that a, a recall or recognition question. And on the nursing school exams, a lot of the questions you see, if not most of them, are going to be those recall and recognition questions. And for those at home who might not know exactly what that is, uh, it might be self-explanatory to some, but Donna, do you have an example of a, a great recall recognition question? Sure, sure I do. Let me first tell you that a recall and comprehension or recognition, as you said, question, would be something that when they ask you the question, you could almost get the answer without looking at the answers in the multiple choice question because you recall it, you remember it. Okay, so this is an example. I'll read it a little slowly so that you could follow the question. Which of the following is a complication that occurs during the first 24 hours after a percutaneous liver biopsy. So now you're thinking, if you're in nursing school now, hmm, percutaneous liver biopsy, I know what that is. I remember what some of the complications are. And when you look at the answers, you get number one is nausea and vomiting. Number two is constipation. Number three is hemorrhage. And number four is pain at the biopsy site. So this question asks you to remember or recall what you learned about percutaneous liver biopsy. Do you recognize a complication in the answers? Other things may happen, but at this level, you're looking just for the complication. And the answer is, is number three. Most of you, if you studied for your exam, would have remembered or recognized the complication of hemorrhage, okay? I will show you later an application analysis passing level NCLEX question that seems the same as this, but you will see it's at a much harder level. That is an example of a recall comprehension question. Awesome, which is great to have a, a concrete example of what mm -hmm. that looks like. And as you said, it is something that you can almost just pinpoint the answer. There's not too much that has to go into it, not too much of a, an application uh, thought process to apply to this. Yeah. And right. I, I know you, you said earlier that we are going to talk a little bit more about some ways to study for the NCLEX. And going back to those differences, I mean, what are some differences in studying methods and strategies we can use to prepare for a nursing school exam? And how can we prepare for the NCLEX? Absolutely. First of all, something you really have to know when you begin to study for any exam is what kind of learner am I? You have to most of you, if you're in nursing school, probably know this already. You've probably thought about, about what kind of learner you are, but let me just talk to you about it briefly. So think about studying in the past, what worked and what did not work. The type of learners are visual. I am a visual learner. I can't just listen. I can't really just read. I've, I've, I can do the reading, but visual people see information and visualize the relationship between ideas they use charts, graphics, and they watch videos. An auditory learner is what you're doing now when I'm talking to you and you're just hearing my voice. They react to info that is spoken, like this podcast, repeat the points to themselves, ask questions, and listen to videos. People that learn by reading and writing, which is another part of my learning profile, they learn by interacting with text, quizzing themselves, writing answers down, making lists and charts, okay? I combine that, the way I learn is visual and also writing. And kinesthetic is a learner that has to do something. 
get up, act out a skill. When you're learning your skills in nursing school, you're using the kinesthetic part of your learning because you are actually picking things up and doing it in the lab. Here's an example. It's kind of a funny example. Um, I got my black belt along with my children in karate and I must have been about 50 years old. So my memory wasn't quite as good as it was when I was 20. And I had to write down the steps of a 104 step karate form before I tested, wrote, wrote it a few times, then did it, then wrote it, then did it, then read it, did it. I passed my test. That's the way I use both visual and writing and kinesthetics all together to learn that difficult form. So most people have a mixture of these learning types. So use whatever works for you. Well, remind me not to get into a battle with you of any kind with that black belt. Yeah. <laughs> That's really impressive. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, like having those, those different types of learners. It's good to know how you learn best. It sounds like through your example, you understood exactly how you learn and were able to apply that in order to get your black belt, which is amazing. So yes. how can those listening at home determine or learn what kind of learner they are? Well, I can, I can certainly tell you that. If, I'm trying to, I want to say this. Here, here's a good, a question asks, a nurse walks into a room and finds the client lying on the floor. Okay. As you hear these words, did you, people that are listening, immediately see the nurse walk into the room and see the client on the floor? Did you visualize that first? Did you see the patient on the floor? Did you listen to the words and think about what they mean without the visualization? Okay, so that would be more like reading, writing, and auditory. Did you picture yourself going into the room and kneeling down next to the client? That would be kinesthetic. So visual people, here are some suggestions of what you need to do if you're visual. Study the classifications by looking at charts. Oh, this is what I wanted to say. I'm sorry. When you study pharmacology, let's just give you a good example. I think the first podcast that you did here for Kathleen was pharmacology. If you're visual, study the classifications by looking at charts, by making lists, by watching a PowerPoint presentation, by looking at pictures, make relationships between the things on a list, okay? Many antihypertensives have a common side effect of orthostatic hypertension, make the connection. If you're an auditory learner, listen to tapes on medications, repeat lists out loud, work with someone else, if you're an auditory learner, work with someone else and ask each other questions, okay? Reading, writing, drawing pictures, write things down. Maybe multiple times, like when I did with karate. Make charts and lists. Read only bulleted or underlined parts of the textbook. Kinesthetic, learn by doing. Good for skills and procedures. So that are some of the suggestions, but I really do believe that most people have a mixture of different types of learning. Yeah, I agree with that too. Uh, there are some people that I know that have a very strong inclination towards one learning type. I, for instance, when you gave that example, yeah. I mean, I, I was picturing the patient, uh, the client on the floor, and in a way, I was also picturing myself kind of kneeling down. So I, I know, yeah. and I know this just from previous experience, I'm a strong visual learner, also does well with uh, kinesthetic learning as well. What I 
really struggle with is audio learning, uh, which is interesting having someone who hosts a podcast to be not the greatest, greatest audio learner, but I'm hoping those who are audio learners are learning from this. Uh, but I, I just, uh, it's great that you provide that example and uh, hopefully those at home were able to either picture or think about how, how you were interpreting that situation and how, how you would therefore learn and how you should therefore apply that to how you study. So when it comes to the NCLEX, do we need to change study habits when it comes to the NCLEX? Should we really focus on our style of learning? Is there, what, what would you suggest in terms of studying for the NCLEX itself? Well, since I teach the review course for Kaplan for the NCLEX exam, this is kind of my area of expertise at this point. And on the NCLEX exam, the questions are written in such a way that you can't, in most cases, predict or recognize the correct answer. Like that original question I gave all of you, what would be a possible complication of a percutaneous liver biopsy? If you are in nursing school, you're going to think hemorrhage as soon as you hear that question, if you remember it, okay? Um, when teaching the Kaplan Review, students may not so students sometimes, when I put the question up without the answers, may call out the answer that they think it's going to be. And you know what? On the application analysis questions, very often that answer isn't even there. So many of the questions are priority questions, and all four answers might be correct. These are the application analysis questions that are different from your nursing school questions. So they give you a question, and they give you four answers, all might be correct, but NCLEX wants to know what you're going to do first or what the best answer is. So you can't just go to what you remember. You have to analyze the question. So it's a very different way of studying. Okay. One important strategy when studying for the NCLEX exam is to always eliminate the wrong answers and be left with the correct answer. It's a very different way of doing the test. So you eliminate one two and four, because you know they're wrong, you're left with three. Even if you can't figure out why three is correct, you knew the other, other three were wrong, so you choose that answer. It's a very different way of answering questions. The NCLEX tests for minimal competency from all areas. When you have your unit tests in school, they do OB, you get OB questions. The NCLEX test is going to test all areas and they're divided into eight areas i won't take the time to tell you the different areas but they're not divided into ob and med surge they're invited divided into things like management of care and basic care and comfort so you are studying everything you are reviewing everything you already know but you already know your content so you have to do a lot of questions and know how to answer those very difficult questions that's interesting to think about because, uh, I, as you said, in nursing school, you typically learn by a specific content area, but on the NCLEX, it's really based more on client needs categories, which is a yes. different way of thinking. So that, uh, as you said, it definitely requires a different strategy when it comes to studying for the NCLEX and how you would study for those recall recognition questions in nursing Very school. Different. And I think what might be helpful for, for those listening is, Donna, if you have an example of an NCLEX question, and let's particularly think about maybe a passing level question, something that would show that minimum level of competency, if not more, on the NCLEX exam. 
Sure. So I remember that question about the percutaneous liver biopsy yes. that I read to you a little while ago, the yes. one where the answer was hemorrhage. And probably if you're in nursing school and you listen to that, you probably said, yeah, I got it right. So that was a recall recognition question. And the correct answer, what should have jumped out at you. Um, let me just give you one thing about a recall recognition that you will understand. You will never see on the nursing boards what is the normal sodium and give you four different ranges of the normal sodium. That is such a recall recognition question. You won't see that on the boards. Hmm. Let me give you an example of a similar question to the one I gave you about the percutaneous liver biopsy, but it's an application analysis question. I'll read it slowly. Which of the following symptoms observed by the nurse during the first 24 hours after a percutaneous liver biopsy would indicate a complication from the procedure? Okay. One, anorexia, nausea, vomiting. Two, abdominal pain, distension, discomfort. Three, pulse 112, blood pressure 100 over 60, respirations 26. Pain at the biopsy site is number four. And I would encourage anyone who's listening, by the way, Donna, before you give the answer, yeah, if, yeah, 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 yeah. if you want to think about it before we give you the answer, you can uh, go back, listen to it again. If you want to write it down, you can write it down. But a really great question, Donna. So I'm just kind of uh, taking some time to give those who are listening the chance to go back and, uh, and review that question. Um, but uh, your, your spoiler alert is now over. So okay. you may uh, continue. Well, do you want me to read it one more time for the people that didn't write it down? I think uh, you can read it quickly and then let's okay. go to the answer. Okay. Which of the following symptoms observed by the nurse during the first 24 hours after percutaneous liver biopsy would indicate a complication from the procedure? Anorexia, nausea, vomiting, number one. Number two, abdominal pain, distension, discomfort. Pulse 112, blood pressure 100 over 60, respirations 26. Or four, pain at the biopsy site. Can you select the answer with recall or recognition? Not so much. Sound like okay. it. Must know hemorrhage is a major complication. Have to apply your knowledge of hemorrhage to eliminate three answers and be left with the correct answer. Ask yourself which, which best represents a hemorrhage. So we, so we look at them. And also, which has something to do with either breathing or circulation, and we choose answer number three because, I'm gonna talk like you're all nursing students, tachycardia, hypotension, and slightly increased respirations. Do these symptoms indicate hemorrhage? Okay, absolutely yes, okay? They indicate hemorrhage, but could also indicate, oh, I'm sorry, they indicate hemorrhage. The other things could happen after a percutaneous liver biopsy, but they're not, as serious as the hemorrhage and those vital signs. Okay, this is an application analysis passing level question. The earlier one was a recall question. And you could definitely see the difference there. There's a little more ap ap uh, application analysis skills that you have to apply to this question. And it's really not something you could take right out of a textbook, but it's based on all the information that you learned in nursing school. So really, uh, I, we can start to see why there is a difference between how you study for a nursing school exam versus studying for the NCLEX. There is a difference. And uh, Donna, I do want to bring up one point because yeah. there is 
a difference between the nursing school exams that you take and the NCLEX, which makes a big difference in how we study as well, is that you know nursing school exams are typically paper and pencil, or you might have an exam on uh, Blackboard or, or another uh, system that you use at your school. And the NCLEX is a different beast because it's a computer adaptive test or a CAT, which I know you know well. Uh, I don't know how many of the listeners know exactly what a computer adaptive test is. I, I personally have taken a CAT before. It is a very different type of test. And I'm wondering if you could maybe talk a little bit about what is different about a CAT and how does that reflect how we should study for this exam? Okay. Yeah. So you're right. It's a different kind of animal. I thought I'd go on with the metaphor. Okay. (laughs) It's a cat test, computer adaptive test, which you probably will not have had until you take the NCLEX. Stunning for the cat test is different from stunning for your unit exam or a final in nursing school. In nursing school, you either pass or fail the exam. This is based on the passing grade that's selected by your school, usually between 75 and 80. Okay, the percentage tells you if you passed or failed. There's no, anyway, I'll, say, I'll just leave it at that. The percentage tells you if you passed or failed. A CAT test has questions that are on a scale of easiest, easiest to hardest, or the most difficult down to the easier ones. The easier questions are below the pass line, and they are those recall recognition questions that I talked about at the beginning, okay? The harder questions that go up, the more difficult questions, they are the application and analysis questions. Now, this is what's kind of amazing about the CAT test. When you get a question on the, on the boards and you don't get it right, the computer will automatically give you a question that is a little bit less difficult. If you got it wrong and it was an OB question, you're not going to get 12 OB questions till you get one right. You're going to get a question that's a little bit closer to content and recall. When you get that one right, they're going to give you one that's a little bit closer to application and analysis. So on the entire test, let me make this simple. You can get 50% right and 50% wrong. You either pass or fail. If the questions are above the pass line and are the more more difficult questions and you get 50% right and 50% wrong, but you stay above that pass line, you pass. If you're having a very bad day or you don't feel well or you didn't study well and you get down below the pass line, 50% right and 50% wrong below the pass line, you can fail. Now, you can get this information even more. We go into this information about the CAT test for, a, for probably about an hour on the, in the NCLEX review class, as I would imagine any other NCLEX review class would do. But this is the difference, and this is why the tests are so different. Okay? So there's no passing grade on the NCLEX. After getting a certain number of questions in a row above the passing line, just staying above the pass line, that is the way you can pass. Yeah, and that's really interesting. And I want to reinforce for the listeners at home some of the implications of that. I mean, if you're looking at taking the test and what the experience is going to be like for you, because it's hard to picture unless you 
have actually done it before. You're going to start, as Donna mentioned, at kind of that middle of the road question. And then as you get questions right, they're going to get harder. As you get questions wrong, they're going to get easier. So one of the real challenges of a cat, and the NCLEX in particular, is the test is really figuring out what is your highest level of competency and kind of keeping you there. So that would mean that if you are wherever you are, the questions you see, especially as you get towards the end of the exam, are going to feel difficult no matter what, because the test has kind of figured you out and figured out what that highest level of competency is for you. So questions you see on the NCLEX are going to seem really challenging, and they are really challenging, but because it's adaptive, it's really going to really seem difficult because there is, uh, you know, the test, that's the test really figuring out what is difficult for you personally. And that brings up, and I know Donna, you mentioned before, like our review. Let me, let me just, yeah, let yeah, me just say before we get to the next question, let me just add that um, all the questions seem hard on the NCLEX. And my daughter who passed at 75, it turned off. She passed after getting above the pass line. She walked out. She said, I don't think I failed because I study well and I usually do well on tests and it shut off at 75. But she said, I did not know which ones I got right or wrong. I just used the, the strategies I was taught. I walked out. I didn't tell anyone that I thought I passed except for me. And then she said, and she passed. So it's different from when you're taking your class, your questions, your tests in class, because you could say, oh God, I know that. Oh God, I know that. And you could go down and you could say, I think I got a lot right. NCLEX, not really the same. You have to go in just believing you can do it and get your pep talk from your review class people. <laughs> exactly. And that, I mean, I want to make sure that everyone at home also knows that that also means you need to go in confident because it's going to be difficult no matter what. So that doesn't mean that's because it's difficult that you failed. It, it could mean, uh, to Donna's point, it could mean that you passed and, and we're, we're, we're hopeful and confident that it would mean that you pass, especially if you've done the work to prepare for it. Right. And that, uh, you know, bringing up the point you mentioned before, Donna, of the review courses, uh, one term I, I don't think we've mentioned yet, but is important to bring up is to prepare. Because when you are looking at a nursing school exam, you study for nursing school exams. But when it comes to a test like the NCLEX, you're really preparing for the exam, which is different. So could you talk a little bit about that, what it means to prepare? And I know you obviously have expertise when it comes to teaching for Kaplan. Could you talk a little bit about what our courses do as sort of an example to prepare students for the NCLEX. Absolutely. One of my favorite topics. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, people go to school for, you know, four years or two years and they graduate from their program and they say, well, why should I take a review course? Okay, it's a very important question. As you know, I teach the Kaplan Review course. I've been doing it and I think I've done it hundreds of times. Um, this is a course that I've chosen to teach. There are many good review courses. I'm, not here to say that, that, that that's the only one, but it's the one I know. So um, you could take the Kaplan both online and live. I only teach it live, okay? The Kaplan review course is based on those eight areas the NCLEX exam teaches. And while you do get content, I will tell you that the class is taught by using around 300 NCLEX style questions to teach strategies to best answer the questions also in the last session, it's a personalized study plan. So this brings me back to the first question, is there a difference between studying for exams in nursing school and studying the NCLEX exam? 
a review course should help you move from your methods of studying for your tests in nursing school to changing your ways, and I'm gonna use the word you use, Matt, for preparing for the NCLEX so that the review class takes the content that you already know because your instructors taught you the content, you got tested on the content, you passed your finals, you graduated. Then we need to take that content and have you look at it differently and learn how to use critical thinking for those application and analysis questions and apply what you know to answer the questions. And there are strategies that are taught. There's the Kaplan, Kaplan has their own decision tree, which is a critical thinking tool to help you not get pulled to the wrong answer that pops out at you or to not to the priority answer. And that's what the review course is about. It's doing question after question. Let me also tell you what's very important in your preparation. If you do do questions, whatever review course you take or however you are studying, you must remediate on those questions because that's how you study for the boards. You, you look at each question, you look at why you got it wrong, you look at what methods you used, you look at if you read into the question, you look at if you put extra stuff in the question, you look if you didn't know the content, if you didn't know the content because you completely forgot about peak values of peak hours of insulin, you can go back and study that little nugget that you forgot and not go back to the textbook. You can listen to videotapes on subjects. So why a review course? That's why a review course. So. That's great. And just to one point that you mentioned that I think is worth reinforcing again in this, in your answer, which was fantastic, is the idea of that critical thinking or, you know, we also call it uh, clinical reasoning, clinical judgment. That skill is really what makes you and helps you to pass the NCLEX. So studying all the content that you remember will help you certainly to recall everything you need for those recall and recognition questions. But yeah, as we spoke about earlier, and Donna talked a lot about the idea that most of the passing level questions are going to be those application and analysis questions, which take the content, which you do need to know and do need to study, but then apply it. And using critical thinking, that's how you'll be able to really succeed on the NCLEX. And that's what you know, Donna was talking about that we really go through with our NCLEX courses and a lot of, you know, a, a lot of NCLEX review programs out there will teach you some critical thinking skills as well. Uh, you know, we, we definitely uh, stand by our decision tree though and love it. It's uh, been using it for 35 years. So it's, uh, it's been a great, great and useful tool. Uh, so Don, I know we're, we're getting pretty close on, on time here. So uh, just one last question for you. We'll do like a, a lightning round. Do you have any final tips, strategies in like 60 seconds for the listeners at home for anything else they should consider as they're beginning to either study for nursing school exams or to prepare for the NCLEX? Okay. Lightning round. Lightning round. Lightning round. You can't cram for the NCLEX exam. You cannot cram for the NCLEX exam. You need to take six weeks to two months to study as if it's your job and you cannot cram. In fact, I would say do not study the day before the nursing. And put your feet up, watch some TV, calm down. Mm -hmm. Make a schedule for studying the NCLEX. How many days a week will you study? How many hours? And be realistic about what you can do. 
You need to make a plan. You can't just say, oh, I think I'll go to Bermuda for a week and then I'll come back and I'll start studying. It's got to be a plan, a calendar plan of how much you're going to do. And be easy on yourself because if something happens, you feel sick, you have to do something, then you switch that day around. But you need to be kind of obsessed with it a little bit. Be realistic <laughs> about how much time you have each day. Okay. If you're going to put that, I'm going to study eight hours a day. That might be a little unrealistic. Okay. Start reviewing areas of weaknesses first and then move to areas of strength. I don't want you to think that if there's an area of content, you don't know that you shouldn't study that content. Of course, you should give you an example. The NCLEX review class, we have 330 content videos that I happen to have um, recorded a third of them, that if you can't remember antihypertensives, you could go on a six minute video and listen to it and look at the PowerPoint visual, auditory, and study. Any content you can't remember, you can study, but you can't study everything, okay? Try to study without distractions. Believe it or not, you don't wanna be answering the phone. You don't wanna be, you wanna put your study time to be as close to your NCLEX taking time as it can be, as it can be. When you do practice questions, go over them, remediate. I just said this, but I'm gonna bring it on home again. Why you got it wrong? Was it something you did not remember? Did you jump on the wrong answer? Did you put extra information in? And then try not to do it again. Oh, do you change your answers to the wrong answers? If you find you do that, take another study test and do not change one answer. See if you do better. Do not study the day before you take the exam. Okay, now my little closing after the lightning round. Okay, study correctly with an understanding of the NCLEX exam. Go to that exam with a plan. Know how, know what plan you're going to use. If you're going to use a decision tree, know that's what you're going to use and stick with it. It'll help you to answer those difficult questions, especially when you're really nervous and really scared and have to calm down. It's like the most important test you've taken so far, okay? Do all of that, and I'm sending you good vibes that you'll be successful and place an RN after your name by the time you take the boards. Awesome. It's awesome. doable. It's doable. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's completely doable. There's thousands and thousands of nursing students that pass the NCLEX every year, and you listening at home can certainly be one of those as well. And we are, as Donna said, sending good vibes your way. So, uh, Donna, I think there's been a ton that we've discussed. I know there's been a ton that we've discussed. There's a lot of great information in here. So anyone who is interested in, uh, you know, really – taking a lot of this to heart, I would encourage you to, to listen to this another time as well, listen to it over again and take home all those ideas about how you study for a nursing school exam, all those tips for that versus how you prepare for the NCLEX. So Donna, I want to thank you so much for being here. It has been an awesome pleasure to have you on the, uh, on the podcast today. And hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have you back sometime to, to talk about some other topics because I know you uh, have expertise in a lot of different arenas uh, when it comes to nursing, nursing school, and studying for the NCLEX as well. Good. Thanks, Matt. Awesome. Bye, everybody. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Donna. And for those of you listening at home, I want to thank you so much for listening to our episode today. I know we've talked about a lot. If you're interested in learning more about preparing for the NCLEX, if you have questions, definitely check out our website, which is kaplannursing.com. And we encourage you as well to engage with us on Facebook, on Twitter, on 
YouTube, on Pinterest. We have a lot of different social media platforms out there and we provide a lot of great content to you. So be sure to like us on all of those pages, leave us a comment and please do leave us a rating and a comment in the iTunes store to let us know how we're doing. Let us know what other topics you would like to see us discuss. And I want to thank you all so much again for tuning in to this episode. And we look forward to seeing you again in a future podcast.